Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. As you guys know, there's a lot of online sportsbooks out there. MyBookie.ag is the only one that gets my stamp of approval, and you know I don't give that out lightly. To get my endorsement, I've got to personally use them, and that means they have to be the best. And MyBookie.ag is by far the best sportsbook I've used. Go to MyBookie.ag, enter in promo code WCE100 for a 100% deposit bonus. That basically means that they're going to double your first deposit. So immediately you're making money. Go knock that thing out. Go to MyBookie.ag, click sign up, and enter promo code WCE100. I'm Gary Seegers. Catch me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And I'm Chris Giannini. Follow me at Chris B. Giannini. And this is the Winning Cures Everything podcast from WinningCuresEverything.com. Before we get started, please subscribe to the podcast, share it, and review it. We cannot stress how important those reviews are for iTunes rankings, so help us out. Winning Cures Everything. Here are your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything, number 140, that's 140, it is the October 3rd edition of the show, I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. Alright, this is the college football recap, uh, let's go ahead and talk about some gambling picks first thing first. Uh, we both went 2-3 and three in college football on Saturday, that put me at 12-12-1 on the season, uh, and that put you at 10-13-1. We turned it around on Sunday in the NFL where you went 2-1, and one. that brought your NFL record to 6-6. Six and six. Uh, your overall betting record is 16, 19, and 1. I went 3 and 0 Sunday. That brought my NFL record to 8 and 4, and my overall record is 20, 16, and 1. So we're we're not great, but we are getting there. Um, let, let's go on and start off with hey, the biggest no, game. 3 and 0 weekend's awesome, Gary. Yeah. Don't don't knock that. Look, I I don't care about what happened last week and the week before. We live we live five minutes ahead of time. Okay, <laughs> you went 3 and 0. That's that's a good thing, brother. That's hard to do in the NFL. Well, 3 and 0 in the NFL, but 2 and 3 in college. So a 5 and 3 week overall, which which still makes you money, but I'm not where I want to be in college yet. But I'm I'm feeling good about this week. I've already seen some lines uh, for this week that I like. So, but we'll we'll worry about that later. Um, let's go on and start off with the biggest games of the week in college football before we hit on each conference and whatnot. Uh, Chris, I went five and zero in straight up picks for the first time this year. Uh, you came in with a winning week at three and two. Our overall college records on just straight up picks in the biggest games. I'm fifteen and six, and you're ten and eleven right now. So, first off, here's what happened. Number one, Clemson 31, Virginia Tech 17. Uh, what did you think of this game? I didn't watch a whole lot of it. It got really boring. It just wasn't fun. It wasn't exciting. Um, Clemson's the best. They're in the conversation with, with Bama as the best team in the country, and the second-place team is not even close. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Clemson jumped out to a 10 nothing lead in the first quarter. They were up 17-3 at the half. They were up 24-3 at the end of the third quarter. It it was never in doubt. It, there was nothing, there's nothing more really to say. That's a really good offense. Yeah. That's a really good offense that they shut down. Yeah. Shut down. Clemson's defense put the clamps on them, and it basically uh, they let the Hokies get yardage in garbage time, and they just waited on Josh Jackson to make mistakes, and, and he did. He got a pick six in the fourth quarter. Then he threw another interception on the very next drive, and and that was it. Virginia Wait, Tech is going right, to be good. Time. The game's over. At that time, see, I'm gonna, I'm gonna almost give those, those turnovers a pass for Jackson. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm apologizing too much for him. I shouldn't. But, but at that point in time, the game is over. The game yeah, is that's over. what I'm You've saying. You've been thoroughly dominated, and the only way to win is to do, just pull some miracle out of your butt, and that's what he's trying to do. He makes two bad passes. One goes for a touchdown. The other one ends the game. Well, at that matter. point, you have to take risks, right? I mean, it's it, it, so. Oh yeah, it's over. So what? All right. The so that game. Yeah, exactly. That that game is done. Uh, the next best chance for Clemson to lose, I'm gonna guess it's at NC State, and that's all the way on November 11th, I think, or November 4th, one of the Man, other. I, NC State is is good, and they're better than normal. They're middle of the pack, maybe topper tier, middle of the pack. 
to uh, in the ACC, but come on, man, this isn't even close. This isn't it. I agree. I've never seen two teams more dominant than I've seen in all of college football than this year, Bama and Clemson. And the difference is, is Bama's used to turning guys over. They don't have any one big star. Clemson did. Not only did they have a big star, they're the biggest star in the history of Clemson that they lost. And it's just like, oh, well, nobody gives a damn about Deshaun who can tear the NFL to pieces, and it doesn't matter. We still just keep this train rolling. That's that's the way that's it is. Impressive. When you got a defense like that, it's just something else. Just something else. Oh, All right. Amazing. Let's get away from defense. Game number two, Friday night, your boy Mike Leach. Washington oh, State 30. I didn't have a lot to <laughs> Washington State 30, USC 27. You saw the quote afterwards, right, on the atmosphere in Bullman after the game. That's right. And he says it so calm. Like, like this is just dinner conversation. It's it, just like just like when I was at Woodstock. Yeah, except, except everybody's got the clothes, got the clothes on. on. <laughs> yeah, like, like, it ain't, like it's no big deal. It's just This is just how we roll up here in Bullman. I love that, man. Not a lot good happened to me in my football world this weekend, okay? It was a pretty bad weekend. Friday night got me right. That that I love that man. I like this team. I think they're for real. I'm not kidding you. The Apple Cup is gonna matter. And I I have a feeling I have a feeling the Apple Cup might matter in the playoff race. It might. It might because Washington State schedule sets up really nicely. Um it, the only thing I don't like is they, they only won by three points and USC had three starting offensive linemen out in this game. It, it, it cracks me up. Like, you're telling me that the four-star, five-star backups for USC could not block Washington State's defensive line? I mean, those guys average about 268 pounds between the five rotational guys. Well, so Washington it, State was middle, middle, their middle linebacker, too, and that guy is all-world. So. Yeah, he is. He is. Now, tell me this. At USC, Sam Darnold, on Friday night, he was 15 of 29 for 164 yards and an interception. He ran nine times for 25 yards and two touchdowns. You take away the name and you just look at the stats on the season. This guy is Give Christian. Give me Luke Falk all day long. It, dude, it, tell me, is Sam Darnold Christian Hackenberg right now? Yeah, no. Hey, here's the thing, man. He might end up being a good NFL quarterback. I don't know. I, I, and, and he could be a great college quarterback last year in the first half of the season. Well, he didn't really play a lot the first half. I, I can't figure him out. I can't understand oh, yeah, this hey, USC I, team. This, I'll tell you this. The uh, the guys on the shutdown full cast have decided that Sam Darnold realized that he was going to go play for the Jets, and he just tanked. <laughs> he said, I'm not going to play Love for the Jets. That. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> no. Let me, so let me tell you, the Luke Falk, I know historically, quarterbacks that come out of Mike Leach's system just do not make the NFL at all because this air raid system doesn't work. Man, that kid can make every throw in the book, though. And, and I don't know that all of these are, are – and we're going to kind of see with Patrick Mahomes, not uh, not exactly Mike Leach, but that's that's Mike Leach's offense down there in Texas Tech that, uh, that they're running. Well, there, you know? there are guys so, that are good enough to get through just being a system quarterback. Falk was 34 out of 51 for 340 yards with two TDs and a pick. And the difference between him and Darnold uh, basically was the game. Like that, that's why Washington State won the ball game. That's right. I thought he was incredibly impressive. And the second difference is, is he went up against a really good, way better talented defense than Sam Darnold went up against. Nobody, man for man, Joe for Joe, guy for guy, dude for dude, is going to say that Washington State's defense is better than USC's. It's just not. It's no, not. Not even close. And he and he made but he made him look bad. He made him look real bad. Not that they're world beaters, not that they're one of the best defenses in the country, but 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 they're better than Washington State and he made him look real bad. I I do agree with that. Uh game number three, also a Friday night game. Uh you and I watched this, Miami thirty one, Duke six. Now the, the score looks like a beating, but when you look at the numbers, like it wasn't two sideways here. You know, Duke was able to run the ball kinda of effectively. They ran uh they ran for 183 yards on 46 carries. Miami only ran for 139 yards on 25 carries. Uh, both teams averaged exactly four yards a rush. Duke had two turnovers to only one for Miami. Uh, Duke was five out of 19 on third down, one out of three on fourth. Miami was four out of 12 on third and one for one on fourth. It, honestly, I think the whole game was just Miami had more playmakers. Is, is that what you took from it? 
Yeah, no, they did. They, that's it. They they had guys that that were all ACC talents. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I think, think Duke was still pretty good. Like they're still really well coached. They just could not capitalize in in key spots in that ball game. Like there was no one play that that turned the game around. It was just a a, a steady beating, I guess. And, and it wasn't a beating. It was just like. You know, you, you could just see that Miami was going to win this game. Yeah, at no point in time were they ever in danger. you got dudes that are going to do football for the rest of their life on Miami's side. Whether they play in the league, they end up being coaches, something of that nature. you got dudes that are going to go be lawyers and accountants on the other side. And it was pretty prevalent. Yeah, yeah it definitely was. Um, all right, let's talk about another, uh, another beatdown score-wise. Uh, Georgia 41, Tennessee nothing. Now, let, let me give you some stats, all right? Let, I'll just go on and give you this one. The CBS SEC Game of the Week score for the last two weeks combined 100 to nothing. And yeah. Georgia has now outscored job, Tennessee. CBS picking fun games. Oh, yeah, they're doing a great job, aren't they? Uh, appreciate, appreciate y'all picking. This is, this is where college football is today, by the way. This, oh, this. yeah. Just a well, and, and Georgia has now outscored Tennessee and Mississippi State the last two weeks, eighty-two to three. Just unreal, unreal. Now here, let me. I'll, I'll go on and tell you the rest of this. Look, Tennessee's biggest gain was a pass to John Kelly that went for forty-four yards, but he ended up losing a fumble at the end of the play. Like they, Georgia won the game forty-one to nothing, but Chris, they only went seven out of seventeen passing. Like, Eason threw a pass. It was incomplete. A receiver threw a pass. It was incomplete. Jake Fromm went 7 out of 15 for 84 yards with a TD and a pick. Like, Georgia outrushed Tennessee 294 yards to 62. And, and on top of that, here, Tennessee's quarterbacks, listen how bad these numbers are. All right? Dormady was 5 out of 16 for 64 yards and two picks. But of his 64 yards, 44 of them were on that long pass to John Kelly that ended in a fumble. So other than that one pass, he was 4 out of 15 for 20 yards and two picks. The backup quarterback, uh, Jarrett Guarantano, he went 6 of 7 for 16 yards. That's a whole whopping 2.3 yards of completion. Like, Butch Jones has got to be fired, right? Well, okay, so this is the important thing. You need to fire him now. All right, A, it's your bye week, but I don't really care about the bye week part. You, you've got to fire him now because there are – I mean, it's really hard to say that there are winnable games, but there are winnable games for Tennessee on the schedule. And if Bush Jones finishes the season winning, you know, four or five games out, out of here, out of, out of the remainder, like, like, then you have an argument for, well, do we keep him, do we not? Do we? No, but if you just kill it now, if you just kill it now, you can't talk yourself into this crap later. It just saves you so much on the back end. Yeah, it really does. I, and that's the thing. Tennessee has to have a plan before they before they let this guy go. But you, you've got to know who you're going after. And you can't do this thing where you're just guessing on guy. You can't bring in a coordinator to be a head coach. You can't, like, it, don't go out and get some small school head coach unless you know for a fact that this dude is going to be a superstar. You know, like, that, Tennessee's got to get this right this time. No, that's right. I mean, they they don't have an option. They can't they can't keep missing on dudes. Um, it, the money that they pay, the the size school that they are, I mean, they're they're in a different league than a lot of other people. They're fortunate to be in that league. They they need to get it right. Yeah, um, they, I mean, then there's all sorts and, of options, right? There's Chip well, Kelly here's and the Bobby thing, Petrino. Like, you're not going to get all these dudes. No. There, there could be. I mean, easily Chip Kelly and Bobby Petrino and. And, and all the people on that list might tell you to, you know what, go get screwed. I'm not interested in going there. And I don't know their feelings on Tennessee. I, I have no idea. Um, and 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 that that just that could that could be a conversation going to happen. It does not matter. Whoever you hire is going to be better than Butch. It's just the way it is. So I got we haven't we're not gonna, we haven't gotten into this game yet. But let me just go ahead and transition it because it makes sense. Okay, LSU made a move at quarterback or at coach last year. Yeah. And 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 now it's not working out. And I, I told you 
this last year after the move happened that I wanted my coach back. I didn't care how many games he won. I didn't care how many games his, his you know, clock management or, or lack thereof cost them. I just wanted my coach back because I trusted him, because I knew what I was getting on Saturdays. And sometimes we would win, sometimes we'd lose, but that would always be exciting. Um, and, and we damn sure wouldn't lose to teams like Troy. And now we got a coach that, that loses to teams like Troy. That almost lost and probably should have lost to Syracuse. Syracuse's coach is making fun of us <clears throat> in the offseason or in the next week getting ready for uh, NC State, saying, hey, we got to prepare for these guys. You know, they're, they're way better than, than LSU. We can't, we can't go into there and, and act like we can win that game, you know. And there was no respect whatsoever. Nobody's afraid of you. But when Les was there, that didn't happen. That absolutely didn't happen. Now, you're, you're right yeah, about that. Yeah, he couldn't beat Bama. And, and, and every couple of years he'd lose to Ole Miss, and every couple of years he'd lose to Auburn. But I'll take coin flips against rivalry teams, and, and, and nobody in the country's beating Bama. So why, why, why are we any different? But at least we were close. Yeah, and that's that's the biggest so, thing is, you know, this game was so, was close, but it it probably shouldn't have been. But we'll we'll get into it here in a minute. Let's let's uh, yeah. with Tennessee, yeah, they they need the right guy, and and if they don't get the right guy, you're going to end up doing the same thing again, where you you end up with Derek Dooley, and then after him, you don't have a plan, and you go and end up with Butch Jones, and it, it's guys that have never won anything in their lives. Go get a winner. Well, but. But here's the deal, though. If if you make the offer to all those dudes, and you make a large, large, legitimate offer, and they all say no, there's nothing you can do about it. Okay, yeah. you you just yeah. take you take then you take what you can get. But but if you but if you don't fire Butch and you don't make that offer, then you know what you got, and it's nothing. And if all those dudes turn you down, and you end up going to get Southern Missouri, whoever the hell's coach. As, as the next guy because everybody else turns you down, then that's fine. You sign him to a small contract with no buyout. Okay? It's that easy. <laughs> and then if he don't work out and you get a better chance of something else in a couple of years, you just move on down the road. But sticking with Butch ain't the answer. No, I, I agree. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about another coach that was on the hot seat, but I, I don't think he is now. Auburn 49, Mississippi State 10. Uh, Malzahn looks like he's got this thing figured out now. Uh, Auburn didn't completely stop the run here. Mississippi State ran 47 times for 194 yards. Nick Fitzgerald, though, it's what I brought up to you earlier this season. Fitzgerald cannot throw the ball well enough against good defenses to keep the ball moving. Fitzgerald was 13 out of 33 for 157 yards with a TD and two picks. And on the other side, Jarrett Stidham, he figured some things out, right? He was 13 out of 16, and that's right. He only threw the ball 16 times. For 264 yards and two TDs with no picks, Auburn ran 39 times for 244 yards. I mean, you would—that's balance. They got four touchdowns. This was a beatdown. Like, were were you surprised at this uh, at this final? Oh no, not at all, not at all. The only thing Mississippi State has done this year is beat the hell out of really bad teams. Okay, that's it. That's it. Name a school that they've beaten that's worth a shit. Let's just be honest. Now, there's not Nobody. one yet. So Louisiana Tech looks pretty good in the uh, in the Sun Belt, but I mean it's Louisiana Tech. Yeah, I, like, I don't I don't care. So you know, I, I think this is the Auburn team that we thought. I didn't disrespect him before the season. I thought it was crazy that Malzahn was on my seat. Okay, I think he's a good coach. I think it's a chance he's second best coach in the in the SEC. Um, and I think when when this season is over with, I think the only two losses he's going to have are to the two teams that are sitting one and two in the country. And that ain't too damn bad. No, it's not. It's not bad at all. Not bad at all. Because, um, now I would tell you the game I'm excited about is the Auburn Georgia game because that rivalry goes, and, and Auburn will tell you that is a bigger rival to them than even the Iron Bowl. That game goes back longer than any school than any rivalry in the SEC. Auburn um, fans will never tell you that's a bigger rival than Alabama. <laughs> that's there's well, no Georgia, way. Georgia fans will. Tell Georgia you that fans game will. Matters more. Yeah, Georgia fans will tell you that for sure. But 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 those two teams are looking great, and they look like you know maybe we can beat Bama. Anyway, um, they can keep telling themselves <laughs> that. But 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 they're going to feel real good coming out of that game, you know. Yeah, no, but, I agree. But I other agree. than that, I don't I don't think Auburn's going to get tested. 
I think they're going to get tested there, and I think they're going to get tested against Alabama. Other than that, I think they're going to moonwalk through their conference because I think they're that much better than everybody else. I, I think I really they are, too. The do. SEC is really, really bad right now, just really bad. I think it's, I think it's top-loaded with three teams. Now, hang on. It's been top-loaded with three teams for a decade. We're just used to those teams being LSU and, 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 and Auburn sometimes or A&M sometimes. Some combination of that, and every now and then when Urban Meyer was there, Florida. But but other than the Urban Meyer years, nobody from the East has been relevant. But we've always had three dominant teams in the SEC that scared the hell out of everybody. What do we have now? Three dominant teams in the SEC that scare the hell out of everybody. Yeah, no, that's that's true. That's I, don't true. Know, I don't know that we're any different today than we were 10 years ago. We're just not used to LSU being this bad. We're not used to Florida still being this bad, and they're undefeated. Or they got one loss. Yeah, they're undefeated and, in conference, and, but yeah, in conference, and they're but they're but no one respects them. So let's uh, let's jump on this one real quick. It won't take but a second. Uh, Central Florida forty, Memphis thirteen. Memphis had five turnovers. Not much else to say. I think UCF is really damn good. Hey, you called this one earlier this year, and and you thought that UCF was going to be good. Uh, I, I agree. I think with you. they're going to be the best team in that conference, and I think I think Scott Frost is going to get paid. I really hope he go, and maybe I'm I shouldn't disrespect Nebraska just because they've been so irrelevant for so long. Don't go back home. Don't go back home. There are going to be some awesome jobs that open up at funner, cooler schools around the country. Don't that, go to that you'll be able to win at. Like in Nebraska, you got no recruiting. I don't, know that, I don't know that he's not going to win, brother. I think he's a good coach. I think he can win wherever the hell he goes. I, I um, think he could win I, more at other places. How's that? Well, it's tough I mean, to win I don't when know. He got SEC schools, but you can't you can't say he's going to come to the SEC and win. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. So I'm just saying there are there are There's other going to be like seven SEC are, jobs that are going to open up. <laughs> I had an article last week. Uh, one of my college football recap things or it may, it may have been my thursday thoughts i don't know I, either way one of the articles I, I pointed out that there could be 11 sec coaches that <laughs> that change by next uh off season like oh, the only ones that i've yeah not this coming one, right no not this coming one by next off season I, I feel pretty confident that there could be 11 of them and that would include malzahn like i i thought that well, we must take him off that that's I'll, I'll probably take him off, but it, it depends on what they do, you know, to close out the year. Because if they go through and they lose to Georgia, Alabama in a bowl game again, you know, you end up at nine and four or whatever. They, and I, but I think they're going to be. I think Auburn's going to stick with what they got for a while because, you know, this the football program is sturdy. Like they they're good There's right now. No reason to fire Malzahn, man. You cannot just fire somebody because he can't beat Clemson and Bama. That's just crazy. No, I I agree with you. I'm just going by the fan base, right? The fan base wants him to beat Alabama. Wants him to, and remember, he was coming off of an eight and five, seven and six, eight and five, you know, three year span. I think he might be a little bit better than that this year. You know, you get to ten and three. I think they're going to be pretty fine. Yeah. So, but we'll see. Yeah. A lot depends on uh, on whether or not you know the quarterback uh, sticks around another year and and all that good stuff, right? So it's. It's all up in the air on that. Let's let's move to the SEC now. Let's go on and talk about uh, about your boys, Troy twenty four, LSU twenty one. I'm going to preface this by saying that Darius Geis was out for this game, but man, Troy outrushed LSU two hundred and six yards to one hundred sixty two. Like LSU lost two fumbles. They played two quarterbacks. Both of them threw an interception. Man, look, Troy was up twenty four to seven with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. They gave up a touchdown to make it 24-14, to and then they drove the ball all the way down to the LSU 8-yard line before they fumbled and allowed LSU to make a desperation drive to get it within three. This is the stat that makes up the whole game for me. Troy was 10 out of 18 on third down and 2 for 2 on fourth. You know what LSU yep. was? Yep. 0 yep. for 9 on third down. They were two for three yep, on fourth big down. Old, big old goose egg. Yeah, Troy's lines absolutely bullied LSU's lines. I mean, it. this is not a good LSU team. You told me last week LSU may not win an SEC game this season. Does it I make, told you they're not. But does it make you feel better that you still got Ole Miss and Tennessee on the schedule? No, no, because we're going to be their only conference win. <laughs> 
This team cannot, I promise you this, I'm not joking with you. This is not hyperbole. I'm not trying to be extremist here. Tennessee is bad. If this LSU team goes into Knoxville, they are going to get beat. That's why it's important. I was trying to I was going a long way about saying this. That's why it's important that you fire Butch Jones now. Because Butch Jones is going to walk into his A D's office and bang his chest and say, I just beat a premium program like LSU. They got national championships in the trophy. They've been dominant for ten years in the SEC. And I just beat them. You can't fire me now. You can't let that happen. Tennessee, you have to fire him before that happens. It doesn't matter who your coach is. You're going to win that game. True. True. I agree with you. What what happens with LSU now? I mean, what is there any way to turn this around? No. No, no, there's not. No, there's not. And, and, and it ain't getting better either, Gary, because we can't fire him, because we're paying less miles $9 million still. And and his buyout is $12 million because Joe Oliva, once, man, I've said this a gazillion times, I cannot say it enough, the fall of LSU is not on less, it's not on O, it's on Joe. Okay? Joe Oliva has destroyed this football program from the inside out. He absolutely did that. Okay? He's not good. He's not smart. We're in a state that is bankrupt right now. Um, and, and they were at one point in time a couple of years ago, hell, last year, trying to say that LSU needed to close their football program because it cost too much money. Um, that was people who don't understand how math works. Um, and, yes, it costs a lot of money. It also makes a lot more money, um, or it did make a lot more money. I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the red right now. Uh, well, with and, having, here's and, the deal. If, you, if they fired Coach O and his coaching staff after this season – it would cost close to twenty five it this stat just blew my mind twenty five million dollars to buy out him and his staff for for the remainder of the contract well here's here's where here's where I have an issue okay all we needed to do Joe Oliva needs to be a strong enough leader to go into Les's office, sit down with him and Kim Cameron, and say, "Guys, we have a problem Les, we don't want you gone Cam, you're gone." And, and just fire him for him, and then make Les resign. And tell Les that if you choose to resign, you get nothing. But Cam is gone, and that needs to happen. That is a very hard conversation to have. It takes a strong leader to have hard conversations. We've talked about this in the past. But, but that's the right thing to have done. And then you let Les go out and hire a new offensive coordinator. Les has made it clear now if he got a coaching job, he would go hire some young coordinator, spread the ball out. He understands that that's important in college football. I swear before everything I know is right, good, and holy, I'd take Les back in a heartbeat. I would. I don't know that Les would come back. And I know that that's not going to happen. I know that's a fantasy land. I know it's fictional to think about. But, but, but that was a man that I loved. That was a man that I worshipped. And maybe I'm a little too close to this. But, but all we had a problem with was offense. All we needed was a better offensive coordinator. I think we have a good offensive coordinator. I, I don't think we have a good head coach. And that head coach is costing us recruits right and left. Last year, over 30% of the players that were committed to LSU decommitted between the time that Les was gone and all the way through signing day. It was a large sum of four-star four and five-star guys chose to go elsewhere. And you want to know why? Because nobody trusts in the stability of Coach O. Now, I would love to see him turn this thing around. I don't know that that's possible. But we, we have no depth at LSU. There is no depth there. Okay? We lost seven guys to the NFL, and we didn't replace them with other NFL-caliber guys. And, well, the, and the crazy the thing is, y'all, y'all have already got 18 commits for next year. It's the number 15 class in the country. But you look back at last year, and this is at two four seven sports, by the way. Um, but I mean, last year I want to know I, how many of those sign. I need I need to know how many of those actually show up and sign because we had a boatload last year too. And guess what? By signing day, they all disappeared and went somewhere else. Well, on signing day last year, y'all had the number seven class in the country. You had one five star, fourteen four stars. I mean, twenty four guys signed total. You know. So is it 
is it that there's talent on the roster, but O doesn't know how to get it out of them? Because that that's kind of what happened at Ole Miss. You know, he, he had plenty of talent because, my God, Houston Nutt won two straight Cotton Bowls with Coach O's talent at Ole Miss. But O, you know, he couldn't win anything. What was he, 10 All and, I know is 10 this. and 27, Dave, 10 and 29? Dave, all I know is Dave Aranda was the best defensive coordinator in the country last year. And now all of a sudden we can't stop anybody. Dave Aranda didn't get bad overnight. I know that didn't happen. No. You know, no. Matt Canada. Matt Canada had one of the best offenses in the country last year. He leaves jobs. Where he left has now one of the worst offenses in the country. And, and he can't score. That ain't. That ain't on Canada, all right? At some point in time, it's not the coordinator's fault. If we could somehow find a coach that would keep our coordinators, A, it'd save the buyout. I think we have a really good staff from those two guys' perspective. I, I'm not deep enough to know who all the other position guys are, but O's just not a head coach, man. He's just not. No, he, he gets too close. He, he said he would be a CEO. I don't think he's being a CEO. Like a, I, I'm curious to see can he turn it around, but I don't know. And but I'll tell you this: if he can't, it don't matter. If this is going to be, this is one of those bloodlettings that you're just going to have to bleed for a while, because the state's not going to okay it. And LSU, while they've got money, they don't have that kind of damn money to throw around. We don't have the old the money that that old Miss and Alabama and Auburn. Like like we're a big program, but but they're not a big program because they have the money everybody else has. Um, I, and it's just it, the dollars and cents don't add up that way in Baton Rouge um, and I, it's just going to be something we're going to live with for a couple of years until we can figure it out yeah no you're you're right about I that think he's gonna, I think he's going to get three years no matter what because I don't know that we can afford it unless some booster steps up an individual that says hey I'll take care of this Yeah, but then who are you going to go doing. get that's, you, that's their that's line the question. question. Last year we didn't go get anybody. The person that needs to step up, they need to walk into Joe Leaves' office and say, here you go. Here's you a check. Now you hit the door. You've got to go. Yeah, we're, we're going to work on on writing this thing, and it, it we're not going to do it that's with right. you here. Yeah. So, the right, athletic well, director the, from Louisville, I know Louisville's going through some shit right now. The athletic director from Louisville is probably the best athletic director in the country, and he just lost his job. You know yeah. what? I'll take a man that's looking for a second chance right now. <laughs> got to do what you got to do to win, right? So well, I don't know that the athletic director had anything to do with any of that crap. I don't. I don't know that these ads do a lot for recruiting or any of this other crap. No, no, no. He I wasn't involved in that. But it, it, now, it, yeah, but he still he still has to pay for it. He, just, he's responsible like for bringing in the the two biggest faces at Louisville were two. Uh, their their ethics were incredibly questionable. They're both really good at their jobs, but when yeah. you're when you're Louisville instead of a a big 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 time program, I mean you got to take what you can do. You know that is what it is. At some, at some point in time, I would like to see if we could find time to talk about that whole situation because I find some of that humorous. We we may have to talk about that on Wednesday's show. We I think we could do that. We can okay. do that because we're we're going to have Josh Parcell on uh, tomorrow, but. Uh, we're also, you know, we'll, we'll have a little more time, so we'll be good. Cool. Um, let's uh, let's move forward. Uh, we'll we'll keep moving in the SEC. Uh, we've been talking forever, but uh, that's that's no big deal. We'll let this go however long we need to. Um, it, LSU's next game is a pretty big one, and it's in Gainesville against Florida. Florida beat Vandy thirty-eight to twenty-four. Uh, Florida thought they had the quarterback situation figured out after the win at Kentucky. Luke Del Rio. Uh, started this week, and then they lose him to a shoulder injury in the second quarter. So he broke his collarbone. He's done for the year. Uh, but he wasn't exactly lighting it up. He was 7 of 11 for 64 yards before he went out. Uh, Vandy and Florida were tied at 17 at the half. And then Felipe Franks came in, went 10 out of 14 for 185 yards. Dude, Florida had five rushing touchdowns in this game. And and honestly, I think this might have been the worst beat of the week for you. Uh, you had Vandy plus 10. Vandy scored to cut it at 31 to 24 with about three minutes left. And and then fourth and one happened with a little over a minute left, and Malik Davis got a 39-yard touchdown run to cover the spread for Florida instead of just dropping to a knee and running out the clock. Broke my, broke my heart. I, I just I can't I can't I, that cost me. See that just wasn't like it was one of my you know three losses there. 
I texted you before. I had a three-game parlay working for a for a substantial game. Had a hit, and that's what busted it. And that hurt. <laughs> that hurt bad. That have paid so well, dude. That have paid for my vacation this weekend. I mean, that that really would have. It would have been so sweet. Yeah. Oh, oh, I could have. I could have hurt somebody. I was so upset. I think Florida's actually a pretty good football team. Like, I don't think they're awful. I don't think they're great. I think they're just. I think they're pretty good. I think they're good enough to handle LSU this weekend. Oh God! I mean, we're having two different conversations now. <laughs> but no, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Okay, I'm not kidding. That statement right there makes no sense. A team that that, bar- that barely beat Syracuse should have lost and just got beat by Troy. You think shouldn't even be in the ball game with Florida? It should look like the Georgia Tennessee game. It should be forty-one to nothing. Do you realize all right, so that that line opened up at Florida minus six and a half. It was bet down to Florida minus three and a half is what it's sitting at on, on Monday. That's stupid. That's stupid. I will never do it. I will never, ever, ever do it. But I'm tempted to hand you a lot of money and say do this and then pay me my winnings we're done. Like, I, I don't like understand this, it. That's, that's that's completely asinine. If I was willing to bet against myself, you do understand that I would be really, really, really good in the books because we've had conversations where I know what these lines are. The Patriots line, I could have told every. I, I did tell multiple friends, bet the house on the Panthers. Just do it. Just do it. The Troy line was 24 points. No, I didn't beat anybody by 24. Just bet it. Just bet it. I can't do it. Okay? It just... It's against my religion of what I believe is right and holy in the world, all right? But if, if, if you want to track what I know about football, I know my team's better than everybody else. And I can tell you when they're going to win and when they're going to lose and how much they're going to lose or win by. All right, tell me about LSU then. That game's going to be a 15-point game. Okay. At minimum. At minimum, 15-point game. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I could see that. Uh, let's move on. Alabama. If it's, four, if it's three, I'd put a house note on it. I'm not kidding. I'm it's, not it's, kidding. It's I'm still sitting. Anyway, I, I just checked it again. It is uh, three I'm and a half. I'm a broken man now. It's three and a half right now. I don't understand it. I'll never understand it. It's still sitting at three and a half. The only way I would say, okay, so let's have a different conversation for a minute. This is going long, but this is, this is my platform for a minute. Okay. The only way that doesn't happen, if, if LSU covers this three, not wins the game, but covers the three-point line after what we've seen from this team and what we know about Florida, that that tells me that all this stuff is rigged and the boys in Vegas are printing cash and, and calling in favors. That's just it. There's, there's no, I mean, that's just telling everybody, cover the children's ears, people. That's just telling the kids there's no Santa because there's absolutely no way on earth that these two teams, after what we've seen them play for five games now, in how they play, what they play, there's no possible way the outcome can be Florida, you know, minus three or worse. It's just not possible. Hey, you may be right. A true line, a true line for this game should probably be close to nine and a half. That's a true line. If somebody was going to realistically handicap this game, it may get it up be there before the week's over. Uh, but but it's not going to go from three to nine and a half. Hey, I've seen it go further. I ain't never seen a line jump that damn much. Oh, I've I've seen it jump further a, than a touchdown. That's a that's a true line. That's what it should be around ten. I agree with you. And so for it to be three, if I was Florida, I would be pissed right now. I would be absolutely pissed. I I agree with you. All right here, uh, Alabama sixty six, Ole Miss three. Uh, there's not a lot to say about this one. Alabama outrushed Ole Miss three hundred sixty five yards to eighty eight. Uh, Bama passed for 248. Ole Miss passed for 165. The Tide returned a pick for a touchdown. Uh, four running backs scored. Jalen Hurts threw for two touchdowns. Uh, Tua Tonga-Vailoa passed for a touchdown. Uh, Jalen Hurts, threw, uh, he ran the ball 10 times for 101 yards. There were eight other guys that ran the football for Alabama. Uh, nobody got more than seven carries. There were nine guys that caught passes. This was as ugly as the score indicated. I was in Tuscaloosa. And I, I will tell you this, Alabama fans wanted to absolutely beat their brains in, and, and Ole Miss just set it up for them. 
Ole Miss is really, really bad this year. You feel better? You feel good about yourself? I just I, – I was amazed that they were as bad as – here, I'll tell you this. I went down to the field uh, before the game started, and, and I stood over there on the Ole Miss – or at the end of the, the field where Ole Miss was warming up, and they've got some small dudes, man. Like, I, I thought that they had – you know, there there's a few guys, but there is no depth. There's they they didn't look like they were fired up to play. They, I I think with all this NCAA stuff and with uh, Hugh Freeze gone and all, I don't I don't think they care. Like, and that's that's tough to say because like I'm not in that locker room. I don't know, but like you can tell a lot by body language. You know, like I I I don't know. You were talking about LSU losing to these guys. I don't know. Like I don't, I don't know where they win. No, but that's a difference. You watch them get ready for a game that they knew they're going to kill in. You didn't watch them warm up for a game they feel like they got a chance in. Well, but they've had a that's chance against difference. Alabama the last three years. They won two out of the last three. Oh, holy shit! We're not having this conversation right now, are we? This team is not that man. I don't care what happened last year or the year before. You have to look at what we're looking at today, man. Those teams were not these teams. Those players were not these players. Those coaches are not these coaches. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you're you're right. You're They're right. Completely it's a... different teams. Yeah, you're you're entirely they right. They knew they they knew they had no chance in this game. Why would they? Why would they be trying? Nobody. They just, you, you just want to get out of there without getting hurt. That's your only objective when you're playing Bama right now and you're Ole Miss and you've got nothing else to play for. You want to get out of Tuscaloosa without getting hurt and try to not catch hepatitis. That's it. It's your only two goals. <laughs> don't get a staph infection and, and, and don't get hurt. Like that's that's your only objective. Yeah. Yeah, you I think you might There's be right. There's nothing else to play. You cannot judge that. When they play LSU, they are gonna be on those sidelines knowing we can win this game. We can absolutely play with these guys. And they're gonna bring some fire and some thunder. Yeah. Because yeah. that's a game they can win. Well, how many? How many more so of those, those are, are there those on the are, schedule? I think they're going to have that when. I think they'll have that against Mississippi State. I think they'll. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll have that against Mississippi State, whether they'll do it or not. But the hatred will be will be there. I think they'll have that for Vandy. I don't know if they'll beat Vandy, but they'll they'll be ready to play those games, and they'll have it for LSU. They'll have it for Arkansas. They'll be. Re- I would like to stand on the sidelines and see the difference. I'd like for you to be able to watch what you watched before that game in Alabama, and watch them warm up for the LSU or State or Auburn or not Auburn or Vanderbilt or Arkansas game. Yeah. Because I'm going to bet those all those guys look different. I'm going to bet all of them look different. Now you may be right. You may be right. So. Um, Texas so that's, I mean, that's, not a, that's not a good judge of what we're looking at. No, nah, you uh, you may be right. I, I guess I was just I was expecting something different, so it, it just it kind of surprised me. Uh, You've been the only one. Can I can I ask you a question? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Why do Alabama fans hate Ole Miss so much? Why were they wanting so bad to just murder them? I think Alabama fans were were pissed off about how close Ole Miss got last year and the fact that they came into Tuscaloosa two years ago. That's the last game Alabama lost to Brian Denny. Well, yeah. Yeah, I understand that. But, like, why would you – you've won national championships then, and you've played in national championships since then. Like, you're, you're – yeah, I'm not talking about a team. I'm not talking about somebody using bulletin board. I'm talking about fans, okay? Like, you see what that fan base is going through, and you still think – and not you personally. I'm talking about you as the collective Bama fans. Like – we're gonna we we have to destroy this team because they're the last team to beat us in the SEC, and we we just have to embarrass them. We have to make them look bad. Like I don't. I, I guess maybe that's why I'm never going to be good at competition because I don't have that gene. Well, I don't have look, that. I, I got somebody because they beat me in the past. I don't believe that. I don't think they ran up the score or anything. I I, I told you how many people caught passes. If you remember what the teams did, I'm talking about what. The fans want it. That's what I'm referring to here. Not the school, not the teams, not what Saban did, but the fact that we got we have something to prove in this game. 
that we're gonna we're gonna make them pay for for what? For for beating you two years ago? For beating you three years ago? Like what? Come on, man. That's weird to me. But that Look, I don't, when, but when I didn't you, get that kink though. It, and this is gonna sound awful. When you win so much, you there are things that you just it, it, the the game changes. Like you you know this as an LSU fan. All right, when you're when you're used to beating teams so much, it it you're looking for something else. You're looking for something different, right? I so I will tell you this: LSU won for ten years straight. We were a dynasty in this conference. Okay, with Saban, without Saban, we were a dynasty. All yeah. right, for over a decade, for almost fifteen years now, <clears throat> and I never I never got that feeling. We owned – we never owned a school like we owned Mississippi State. We owned them. And not one time in that span when we beat them did I need to crush them or break their soul. Or did the few times that we lost to them, did I feel like, man, I really hate these guys for that. Well, it was only one time like, that you lost like to them, right? Did, well, yeah, up until, up until this year. But, like, at no point in time did I ever get that. And so I don't I, – I, like I said – I just don't have that competitive, ultra-competitive gene that I have to crush and destroy all my opponents. Like, like we're going to go out there, we're going to play, and this is something that I don't have any control in as a fan anyway. And so I want my guys to do good. I want them to represent the school well. I want them to represent me well because I wear their shit, and people associate me with them. But, but you know, at the same time, I, I'm not out there on the field. They win by a touchdown, if they, and, and I don't bet on my team a whole lot. I never bet against them. But but if they win by a little, they win by a lot, or if they lose, you know, if they lose, I get really upset. I really, really don't handle it well. But but I don't, like, want vitriol for the other school. Like, I don't I don't want just, you know, some heads to roll. Like, like I don't – I just didn't get that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a me thing. So, well, no, no, no. So you, just, you just made that statement, and I found that statement strange. That you beat a school that is literally beaten down in every way possible. That program is going to be in shambles for years to come, and the fans really, really wanted an ass kicking in this one. And I just thought that was strange. I don't think it'll be like that next year. I, I would imagine it should have been this year. That's why I asked <laughs> you: Do you feel better about yourself? Like, do, do these guys just feel like when they go home, like, oh, I'm a few inches bigger now? Uh, all right, I grew a little bit workouts. I don't know all about right. them. I feel fine. I maybe, would have been fine with I don't, the twenty-eight, twenty-seven. I don't like, know. At, as long as uh, it, you are ridiculous. <laughs> no, no, as I'm long not. as Alabama wins, I'm good. I, I'm I'm good with whatever. If they lose, I'm good with whatever. You you saw that? Uh, oh Lord, one of our buddies was uh, was irritated at me uh, <laughs> after the national championship game, where it's like, all right, well, look, Clemson was a better team. They had the better quarterback. It is what it is. You know, it was just a, it was a good game, but he's a South Carolina fan, and he was more pissed off about it than we were. So, <laughs> but you, but you, but you are the individual, and you spoke for the collective, and so I was I was asking a question based off of you're speaking for the collective. I just I, don't I spoke based that. on what I saw. I was That's I right. was surprised. It's, it's, so what you saw is right. It's there. It's real. Oh yeah. I just don't understand it. <laughs> I don't know that I can even explain it. I don't. I don't necessarily understand it. Like the the reasoning that I would see is, uh, this is the only SEC team really that has, as as Saban would say, kind of had your number, you know. So you you wanted to come out and I guess make a uh, make a statement. That's that's my guess. But we'll we'll move off of that. Let's let's jump into uh, Texas A and M twenty four, South Carolina seventeen. Did you see any of this game? No, I didn't. Well, I, I did I, not watch one, one minute of it. I went back yesterday and, and watched. Uh, you know, the SEC Network does the the replay. Yeah, the whole replay thing, but they they do it super fast, where you can just watch every play and you don't have to deal with commercial breaks and all that. Um, so yeah. I I thought A and M would run away with this game. South Carolina was up seventeen to seven midway through the third quarter, but I, listen to this stat. All right. A&M outrushed South Carolina 237 yards to – now, are you ready for this? 20, okay. 23 yards rushing for South Carolina. 
Now, a lot of that is that Jake Bentley got sacked nine times for 46 yards lost. But even then, okay. they weren't going to break 100. Kellen Mond was 19 out of 27 passing for 159 yards. He had no TDs, no picks. Is, is A&M secretly good, or are they just getting to play really weak competition? I don't know. I didn't think A&M was terrible before the season started. So, you know. They've got talent. What do, what do I know? Um, I can't. I can't figure it out. I can't figure this team out. Like I, I really thought that they were that the line opened at minus nine and a half. It was bet down to eight, and I believe at kickoff it was seven and a half. And anybody that Ooh. took South Carolina still got the cover. Yeah. I just look. I I think Jake Bentley's a great quarterback. It's scary. It's scary right now to go to a window and bet South Carolina. Oh God! Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I mean, they're still going to cover games, and there's going to be games that they're going to still win, but it's really – that's a scary play. Well, because you don't know what you're going to get. They can't score. They can't score. They can't score. And that's the thing. And if they're giving up 237 yards rushing to A&M, you Bentley's know – Bentley's a good quarterback. Yeah, Bentley's a good quarterback, but you just said he got sacked nine times. He it's not a great defense, okay? A&M is not one of the world-beater defenses out there. Like, you can't let your quarterback get say It doesn't matter how good you are. You can't throw the ball from your back. No, you're right about that. That's that's not good. That's not good. South Carolina's so. going to cover some games, and they're still going to win some games. But, man, I I don't have the stones right now to go to a window and make a bet on them. I they're, can't uh, do it. They're two-and-a-half-point underdogs at Arkansas. Or, uh, not at Arkansas. Sorry. Arkansas's coming to Columbia this week. Hey, you think that's a game they could end up winning? Well, yeah, that's a game they can win. Oh, yeah, that that could be – Muschamp's not in trouble. But that if Arkansas loses that game, that is – Yeah, Bielema could be in it. some serious trouble. I do so, think that's it. All right, Man, they're favored in that game? Yeah, Arkansas's favored, minus two and a half at uh, South Carolina. Oh, Arkansas's favored. Okay, I thought yeah. you said South Carolina was favored. I said, Man, I can't picture South Carolina being favored at all right now. See, that's a game that Tennessee – in, in two weeks, because they got a bye week, can slip up and win. And if you don't fire Butch, you're going to talk yourself into keeping that son of a bitch. And well, that's going to be a problem. Well, that, here's the thing. I think they've got – I told you last week, I think they got major locker room problems. I, I think there's major issues going on here. Like, I, I heard a rumor about uh, Butch Jones, you know, because he, he keeps playing dormity even though he is awful at quarterback. And this this uh, Guarantano, Guarantano, however you say his name, the backup, everybody thinks he's like the next coming, you know? And he's not playing the backup because one of Butch's uh, buddy's daughters is engaged to Quentin Dormady. Now, I don't know what all the truth is on that, but if that's... But surely he's not that dumb. Like, he knows he's going to get fired any minute now. Like, you can't let the outcome of your job hinder on things like that. You just can't. Wait, there's no way that you could look at Quentin Dormady through this part of the season and think that he's the answer at quarterback. I mean, you got to be willing to go with anything no. else at this point. At least try it. At least try it. Yeah, I at mean, it, try, it, hey, you're down 41 to nothing. Let's let's try something different. Well, and they okay? did. They, they brought in the other kid. He went 6 out of 7 for 16 yards. That's what I was saying earlier. <laughs> like... You know, I I don't get it. I it, it, none of it makes sense to me. It, look, the rest of the SEC: Arkansas won uh, forty-two to twenty-four over New Mexico State, and then Kentucky won twenty-four to twenty over Eastern Michigan. Uh, Eastern Michigan's a a sneaky decent football team. So uh, after losing to Florida the way they did last week, I'm not going to hold too much against them. Let's uh, let's jump on the uh, the rest of these conferences. There's not a whole lot going on. Uh, Texas beat Iowa State on let's Thursday. Talk about big games. Let's not worry about anything else. Let's talk about big games that matter. Let's get out. Uh, Oklahoma State beat Texas Tech 41-34. to Does that matter? Yeah. Texas yeah. Tech, I thought, was yeah. a pretty good football that, team. That was one of the three good games this weekend. Yeah. That was a fun game to watch. I really liked it a lot. I really, really enjoyed – I was watching all of that game. And that was a really good game to watch. Let's see. Kansas State won. Texas won. Uh, let's see. All right, ACC, Florida State 26, Wake Forest 19. Now, Florida State Florida won this State with a yeah, long touchdown pass, under a minute left. 
Like, is Wake good? Is Florida State bad? Is it somewhere in the middle? Like, I'll tell you this. I cannot wait for Miami and Florida State this week. Oh, I think Miami's going to kill. I don't know if this Florida State team's good without a – that quarterback is too small. I, I don't know that he can beat Miami. I don't think he can I either. I don't know. The, the Miami's, open up at, Miami's favored by three and a half in Tallahassee. Um, as long as it was under a touchdown. I'm, I'm going with the Canes. That, that may be one crazy. of your, maybe one of your picks this week, huh? Um, yeah, yeah. Not a whole lot else in the ACC. NC State beat Syracuse 33-25. Uh, NC State hosts Louisville this week uh, on Thursday night, and they are four point underdogs at home. The line opened at up home? at home. Yeah, the line opened up at two and a half, and has been bet Why up to four. Why does Vegas keep doing this? I don't know. Why? Why? Why does Vegas – no one has liked Louisville more than me. But Louisville – I've watched both these teams play. Louisville should not be favored on the road in a primetime game in the middle of the week. Not at NC State. No. NC not State's NC defense State. is That's awesome. Not at NC State. Yeah. So, there wasn't much else that and went NC on State's in the good. This is a good team. That's crazy. That's a crazy line. I agree. I agree. It's, uh, it's sitting at four right now. So, it's over field goal. Uh, Georgia Tech beat uh, North Carolina thirty-three to seven. UNC has like sixteen or seventeen starters out. Like this is uh, here's the reason I bring this up. It, North Carolina is going to be really bad this year, and yep. I would imagine that Larry Fedora is probably going to be coaching somewhere else next year. And I think he might be in Oxford. He, I don't know where he's going to go, but he's got to get out of there. He get the hell out. Here's the thing. Do you think he's going to get, like, super money, though? Like, I don't know that he's done enough to say, hey, I got to get paid like one of the big boys in the conference. I don't I don't think you have to pay him mega money. I think you get – like, he's only making 1.8. No way. Really? Did, we've had this conversation. He's making $1.8 million at North Carolina. That's right. That's, so, that's crazy. So, I mean, Ole Miss could come in and offer him three and a half. Double yeah. the salary. Yeah. Yeah, double it. Absolutely. That's double it and, and get him out of there before before he starts losing games and they want to swap anyway. Yeah. No, so, that's crazy. He's making so little. I agree with you. Uh, the Big Ten, not a, not a whole lot. Maryland beat Minnesota. That was kind of surprising because Minnesota was uh, – hey, hey, Go ahead. Yeah, Minnesota looked really good. P.J. Fleck had been doing really well there. Well, they were favored by Maryland 14 points. Well, that's because Maryland's having quarterback issues yeah. with uh, with guys just dropping like flies. They're on like the third or fourth quarterback for the year right now. Fourth string um, quarterback, but, and he threw like yeah. a – I mean, he was unreal. How good is the coaching at Maryland right now? It's not just the quarterback either. These guys play hard. And, and it's like when they walk in – you all right, so you and I have talked about this in the past. Um, when a quarterback walks into a huddle – like you can tell that the offense like believes in him and they're they're following him, and then there are times where they're like, "We got to carry this guy," and it just doesn't seem to work right because everybody's trying to do too much or whatever. It almost doesn't matter who's stepping in the huddle at Maryland. If that offense just looks the exact same, they keep running. Now they're not obviously as good with the four string guys they are with the top two guys were, but but man, they are. Like, like they believe, and that tells me that coaching there is world class. Good. DJ Durkin is uh, is good. That's that's a name you want to keep a, an eye out for. Uh, Wisconsin beat Northwestern thirty three to twenty four. Uh, were you surprised this one was was this close? No, I bet was I bet bet Northwestern. No, that was part of my three team parlay that uh, Vanderbilt pooped on. <laughs> well, look, I, I thought no, that, I like. I, I thought Northwestern because remember Northwestern scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Like I, I didn't yeah. think that Northwestern was going to be that good. No, Northwestern they're catching their stride. Okay, they look bad early. They're not a powerhouse team, but but you know you 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 kind of said it best when we were texting back and forth. It's the middle of the season. I told you my bet, and you were like, "Really, Northwestern? Dude, I felt better about Northwestern pick than I did the other two, just because." Man, this is a this is a conference game. It's a divisional opponent, and and it's middle of the season. Yeah, they got blown out by Duke early. They haven't looked great, but they're they're coming on. They're catching their stride. Wisconsin's still good. This this should not knock Wisconsin at all. I don't think they're Penn State good, but but I do think Wisconsin could hang with everybody else in the back. I'm the uh, Big Ten. 
I, I agree. Penn State 45, Indiana 14, uh, Nebraska beat Illinois 28-6, uh, Ohio State beat Rutgers 56 nothing, and then Michigan State. Look, Michigan State beat Iowa 17-10. to one I, I am incredibly surprised, and I shouldn't be surprised by that because Iowa, you know, they put up so much to try and beat Penn State the week before and didn't get it done. I think this was this was an emotional letdown game because Iowa was a really My good football team. Martin Antonio's. Yeah. Looking good. Three and one. Come on, baby. They hey. won't win a lot of conference games this year. Well, they, they play uh, really, really good. They play at Michigan this week. Yeah, and in their thirteen and a half point underdogs, you know that's the ABC game of the week. That's like the prime time game. Yeah, like that, yeah. that's how you know bad how the bad schedule is this week. Is. <laughs> like, this well, and it's not. It's not. I, I'll tell you this. It's not the scheduler's fault. Okay, if Michigan State was a better program, that'd be that'd be a great game. If if LSU hadn't shit the bed. In, in the way they played, LSU Florida would be an awesome game. Like you got some good matchups if if we played these games last year or two years ago. Like pretty much any other year, but now. So yeah. there's nothing you can do about it. If one team just doesn't show up, then they don't like do. Let's uh, let's close out with the Pac-12. Uh, Washington 42, Oregon State seven. Uh, Washington, I think, is the best team in the Pac-12. I don't know that it's close Careful. right now. Careful. I know Washington State. I, I know, um, but we we don't get to see that for a while. You're you're, you're right. You, you are correct. I don't think it's close, and I think it's those two and nobody else. Stanford. I can't figure that damn team out. Uh, you know, you, we are talking about USC. No, there's nobody in the Pac-12 that scares me at all. No, but Washington's probably the best coach. Those might be the two best coaches in the conference. Yeah, I, I think they really are. So Stanford thirty four, Arizona State twenty four, UCLA beat Colorado twenty seven twenty three, um, and then finally Oregon forty five, Cal twenty four. Uh, I lost that bet. Um, at, Oregon scored twenty one points in the fourth quarter, all running the football. Uh, this was after they lost their starting quarterback, their their big time running back. Uh, what's the kid's name? Royce Young, and uh, and yeah. then they they lost their second string quarterback late, late, late in the fourth quarter. And he, he's oh, going to be out next week. Apart. Yeah, so it, it's a big win, apart. but this could be real bad for him in the future. I I, I love Oregon. I love Willie Taggart, but I, I think he's got Willie some hurt Taggart, coming. Baby. And so, you know. Oh, no, uh, there's nothing you can do about injuries. It's just, he just can't. Well, tell, me, tell me this. Um, Washington State opened up as a two-and-a-half-point favorite at Oregon this week, and that line has moved and is now Washington State plus two-and-a-half at Oregon. Huh, even with all the injuries at Oregon? Even with all the injuries. Do we know who's going to be the quarterback at Oregon yet? No, we got no third idea. Third string at, guy, right? Third string guy. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. That's crazy. Oregon minus two and a half at home. It's, it's officially looking line. Now, I will tell you, a part, a part of me thought I'm staying away from Washington State this week because of all the overreaction. Like, they got the big win on national TV, even though it happened at midnight and nobody saw it. Um, and but but that usually doesn't bode well um, the next week against the number. Normally, you know, fans pound that big team and then they have a letdown week, and and you know it just doesn't go well. But, but that's crazy. They're playing a team that's injured, beat up. I don't know. Willie Taggart team's going to play tough and they're going to fight hard no matter what, though. So yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. So all right, that, that's, that uh, is a weird line. I'm. That's that's a strange line. We'll we'll look at that on on Thursday uh, for our picks thing. Um, all right. So on uh, on the Wednesday show, we're gonna knock out the uh, NFL recap and whatnot. Um, yeah. So for right now, that's gonna wrap it up. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You can follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551 226 9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team or praise us or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551 226 9899. 
and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and LeBonner's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.